Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Benji and I are unpacking this concept of death by a thousand cuts. You see, when we make big decisions in our life, we're not just coming in with zero momentum. We have the momentum of all these small decisions that led up to that moment where we're faced with a big decision. And so a lot of people, when they look at their sexual integrity, when they look at the results in their life, they look at these key moments without realizing that they wouldn't have made the decisions that they made. They wouldn't have done the actions that they did without many small decisions on the way. And so death by a thousand cuts is how we undermine our potential by doing a lot of lazy things or how we undermine intimacy by making a lot of small judgments of the other person. So conversely, the opposite would be true as well. You can uplift somebody by many small positive comments. You can create a vibrant spiritual life by putting down your phone throughout the day and praying or doing many small deeds to feel closer to God. So it's all within your power. And if you want to learn more about this topic and basically take control of your life, then please join us in today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. My name is Andrew Theodore Roosevelt, love the first, and I'm with Benjamin Rastugi Kosuke Yongshin Uyama. <laughs> I respect you so much more when you say your name like that. It's got to be monotone like that. It's just really like you're a samurai when you do that. We are here today, as always, to wrap our heads around something that we know will help your journey in building sexual integrity and building heavenly intimacy. And one thing that I've been observing like crazy is this idea of death by a thousand cuts. Because I know that so many of you out there, you end up in situations that you don't understand. Like you end up watching porn. You wake up, you say, I'm not going to watch porn today. And then you watch porn and you're like, how did that happen? You think it's like one thing that happened that led you to this event when in fact it was hundreds, if not thousands of micro decisions that added up to an overall experience. And that happens to us all the time, not just with porn, with all varieties of things like our body image is a series of choices of how we sit, what we eat, how much we do or don't exercise, all this. But also to the positive, all the great moments in our life are a byproduct of a bunch of good decision making. So we wanted to get into that and unpack that so that you can see that life is not trying to get it all right. Like it's a test, like you're cramming for a test. And if you do well on the test, then you pass and you can be okay. And if you fail, then you're dead. No, it's like every single moment is an opportunity to either lead yourself towards some ultimate good life or some kind of miserable life. So Benji, do you have any of these death by a thousand cuts, little cuts, things that you do either like judging people or what? what's your poison? What's my poison? Yeah, this is a good thing for me personally, for getting personal. And maybe we'll talk about helping other guys in my groups. But for me, it's a challenge, honestly, because I am not maintenance kind of guy. Maybe Andrew, you're more like the, you can do the daily discipline, you can do the routines. I'm kind of, I have to change things up. I really do have to kind of do something for a few weeks and then kind of change up my schedule, my habits. It's something I'm not really proud of, honestly. I tend to feel like if I just change my mindset, if I just have this change of environment, Environment or have a new thing or a new car or not, or like a move <laughs> to a new house, or maybe when it's my birthday, when I turn this age, or maybe the new year and next month, and then I'll just change. Everything will be hunky dory. 
but I have to find that I personally, I do need those disciplines. I really do need a daily, something I do do, try my best to keep up is a daily gratitude every morning, uh, just writing it down as soon as the instant I wake up. And that's, I guess, an example of something really small. It takes maybe five seconds or five to 10 seconds, honestly, to whip out my phone and just jot down, like, what am I grateful for right now? Personally, that sets me up for a really good morning. That sets my mood up to be not about how I didn't sleep well last night or how the kids or this or that, or, but it's more about like, okay, even if I didn't sleep well, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful that I did sleep, that I do have a functional body, I have functioning lungs, and that the sun comes up every morning. I think it's incredible. It still blows my mind, <laughs> you know, things like that. And it's a small example, but it's definitely affects me in long term for sure. Well, I guess that's a good point. We can elaborate on that point because it sounds like there's a lot of little things and then there are bigger things. So let's say this gratitude habit that you have in the morning is kind of like you orienting yourself in the morning. So you're like, I want to be grateful. And you start the process of being grateful by writing it down. And then that helps you be more grateful throughout the day. When you have the opportunity to complain, you're probably less likely to complain if you've started your day in gratitude. So it's kind of like a big domino. We can call it big dominoes, little dominoes. So you're talking about kind of like a restlessness. In the beginning, you were talking about you like to switch things up all the time. I was thinking the whole time you're saying that, I hope Benji never becomes a multi hundreds of millionaire. Benji just got like a baseball glove implanted to his face. Yeah. <laughs> So there's like a restlessness in you. I'm talking more about that could be the result is that you end up switching things a lot. But even what leads up to that, that's those are like bigger slashes. I'm talking about little teeny tiny cuts that undermine you from being happy. What are the small things that you do that undermines your happiness? I would say limiting mindsets about myself. I think that that's where the snowball starts. Got it. And we've talked about this before, Andrews, that I tend to be really hard on myself, especially when I, I make mistakes in my eyes or I judge myself for being upset or angry or impatient with my kids, especially with my wife. Outside of my family, I'm generally pretty civil. <laughs> but the people that are closest to me that I invest most a lot of time and energy into, when I do get frustrated or upset or kind of lash out at someone, I take it really hard on myself. And then I just kind of spiral into like, oh, I'm, I'm just a terrible person. And when I do that, I do tend to take that, that frustration on myself onto other people. And I do tend to kind of spiral and, and start being you know, like, oh, I need to change stuff up. Oh, I need to be different. I need to do a new routine or something instead of kind of just accepting that that's how I am sometimes and just working on it, but living with it at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's a very small thing I do. That slight thought I have after I get frustrated at Okay, so I'm like really energetic with my kids and like we'll like wrestle or like on the trampoline of a boy and a girl and we go to the park or with my wife, I'll like hug her and like just squeeze her in the morning. And then if I'll get hit in the face or something and I just go like, ah, oh, geez. Jesus Christ, or like curse or whatever, this primal thing comes out at me. Or like when I'm really tired in the morning and a kid like jumps on me or something, I'm like, I'm like chuck my son like across the bed. You know, things like that. And then sure. in those instances, it's like, I'm a terrible person. I can't believe I did that. I'm, I'm really ruining. So I'm putting a lot of hypothetical meaning into what I'm doing. Like, oh, this is ruining my life. This is ruining my kids and their future. But it's not really based in anything that's current or present. You know what I'm saying? So being very critical of yourself and other people and putting a lot on them, it sounds like. You're giving a lot of your energy and attention, but maybe borderline too much to where it's like not healthy. <laughs> no. And maybe he needs some yeah, buddies I do have, to go yeah. arm wrestle with or something. Get some of that energy out. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so this is important to note is this idea of like death by a thousand cuts. That could be death of a relationship. It could be death of your inspiration, death of, I don't know, any number of things that you care about. It's like a metaphor. So for me, for sure, death by a thousand cuts is represented by my criticisms as well. I can be very critical of the people that I, especially my wife, the people closest to me, like I'll observe audibly, I'll say it out loud, like, oh, so you're wearing that today? Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this right now? And I'm just criticizing her fashion and like, who am I? And this totally kills intimacy. That Those are bigger ones. Obviously, if I were to say that, it's because I'm completely out of line. But there's a lot of even looks that you can give to somebody else or the lack of warmth. These are all small jabs and small cuts that will kill the feeling of closeness with somebody else. And it happens a lot more easily than we can imagine. So for me, for sure, it's criticism with my wife and I guess criticism with myself as well. It's like it kills the mojo when I'm criticizing myself for not being somewhere I feel I should be in life and I'm just focusing on that. Count my motivation dead because if I've already failed, then what's the point in going forward? but I can observe that in myself. So I wanted to bring up some examples from other people too. I want, I want everybody to really get this point and to try to assess your own life and see where you're cutting yourself down. This one guy that is in one of my groups, he was talking about how he acts out always in the middle of the night. It's never during the day. It's always when he's supposed to be sleeping, but can't sleep. And so this issue of sleep popped up and I realized how important a really proper sleep routine is. You're talking about routines, but for your whole life and how having a bad kind of erratic, sporadic sleep schedule can screw you up in so many different ways. Hmm. And just think about that. That's a big domino. It is like, I always watch my phone until too late at night, don't get enough sleep and the quality of my sleep is bad. Then I'm not very functional when I wake up, I'm cranky, then I'm not really functional during the day or a lot less functional. So just that one thing of like, okay, well, why don't you go to bed when you say you want to go to bed? And why do you watch videos right before bed? There's a lot of little things in that one big thing. I'm saying this because guys and gals, everybody's listening. If you can look at an area of your life and you find these big dominoes, that big domino is made up of many small dominoes. So if it's sleep or if it's criticism, like let's I go back to myself. If it's me criticizing my wife, there's many different reasons why I would be critical to my wife because I'm not happy. It's because I didn't exercise that day. It's because I didn't eat the right foods that day. It's because I didn't pray enough that day. There's many possible reasons why that led to this big domino of me saying something stupid that is thus killing intimacy in my marriage. So in your building of an ideal, if you're working on a North Star goal and there's something that's preventing you, first of all, I think most people honestly don't know what's preventing them until they start investigating. Yeah. But then it starts to become more obvious. Oh my God, I keep on making similar mistakes. And that becomes your big domino, negative domino. Then you're like, well, if that's true, then what's that big domino made up of? All these little habits, thoughts, patterns that are inside that big resulting habit. Yeah, there's definitely, a, if we're talking about tiny, minute examples and habits people have, one is like people who really struggle with going down the rabbit hole of sexual content. Instagram is a big trigger for a lot of people. This is an example. And of the guys that I work with, many of them are on Instagram. And I asked them like, why? 
why in God's green earth do you need to be on a platform that is not causing you any productivity? It's just causing you harm and self-doubt. You know, and some people are like, oh, because I need it for work or whatever. But if I really ask them, why do you spend time doing things in your free time that are unhealthy for you? It's because of a lack of priority, a lack of honesty with yourself, and a lack of just motivation to stop (laughs) and do something different, more productive. I think a really clear tell of how in line someone is with their integrity is what do you do when you have free time? You know, we're talking about looking at phones at night. When you have downtime, after work, after school, whatever, what do you, what's the first thing that you do after you close the computer at night? Is it to go directly to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram? Or is it to watch your favorite show? Or is it to do something that you really care about? And I think this is where the North Star is really coming to play. If your North Star really is true, if it's really something that you are striving for and are excited for, then it would be the first thing that you do. It's the top of your mind, right? This is really like top of your mind, top of your priorities throughout your day is investing in that. And it's hard. The reality is that a lot of us are in situations where work, school take priority or family obligations take priority. And we don't have a lot of energy or time at the end of the day to do things that are important or productive. And so the natural thing to do is kind of try to escape that fatigue and escape that difficulty and just go to some platform to help escape and use it as a crutch, oftentimes pornography itself, right? But if we can kind of try to shift the perspective on life to realize that there are things that we can do with our time that are exciting and good for us that are good for us and healthy, and we enjoy doing them. I think that's like the ultimate combination. It's like with diet and food. If you can find a food that is so good and so healthy, and you could just eat it all day, never get bored of it, you found gold, you struck gold. (laughs) For me, that's like peanut butter on an oatmeal cookie that my wife makes, oatmeal cookies. That's my, uh, my safe haven right there, a little glass of almond milk. I can eat that all day, every day, and never get bored of it. And it's good for me. So that kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. Because we were talking, we haven't figured out an exact antithesis, but we're thinking that what would the opposite of death by a thousand cuts be? Mm. It'd be love by a thousand kisses or a thousand hugs, something Mm. like that. So then how do you go throughout your day and make a thousand right decisions so that your day can add up to this kind of ultimate crescendo, this kind of apex where you have new experiences, you have new thoughts, you have new motivation. That's super available to anybody. But in reality, if you were to kind of assess your day, like if you were to scrape through it in a very like with a fine tooth comb and you look at every thought you had in the day and you're like, was it productive or unproductive? I would say most of us, most of the time are having unproductive thoughts, pretty low hanging emotions, pretty numb spiritual experience. And our body is pretty sedentary. It's not very active, not very healthy. So then how do you up the ratio? If most of your day, let's say 85 to 90% of your day is you have useless thoughts, barely any emotions, your spirit's pretty much asleep and your body hasn't moved. Then how do you up that scale and start having better thoughts? Thoughts that stimulate wonderful emotion, that make you want to stand up and do something about it that move your spirit into action, that cause your body to want to become a vehicle for something good. What? How can you start to up that ratio from, say, 90% bad to 20% good? You'll go from 10 to 20 to 30 and then half and half. Then half your day is spent on fire and the other half is suffering. But it's still better than like most of the day suffering. And then you just up the ratio until you have just one whole day where you've lifted yourself up. You fought that battle of redirecting your mind every time, like a little dog that's trying to eat garbage. I don't know if you guys haven't had a dog, right? My sister had a dog and she was feeding it organic 
chicken throat. It was like so expensive. It was like this, you know, this treat for him. And then he'd race to the park and eat poo off the ground or whatever. Right? And she kept on trying like, no, stop that. That's our mind. It's like we have all these amazing scriptures and all these cool things we want to feed our mind. And it just wants to go to Instagram. And so to redirect it, to bring it back again and again, you're training it. And the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. And then one by one, you'll start having amazing whole day that goes flawlessly. I swear to you, it happens. I tried this about a year ago, Benji. And my goal, I set the intention to have one perfect day. Not perfect by everything goes my way, but I just feel like high all day. I'm just so happy. And it happened. And then for the next week, I had a headache after that. I was so not used to it. I was like, oh my God, what happens next? Well, what happens is you try to have two days and three days. You try to have a whole week like that, where your situation, your circumstances might change a lot but that you are the same. You are committed to keeping your thoughts and your emotions in line with this ultimate ideal. And if you do that, it's just a thousand small decisions that you have Mm. to make. Not one big decision, but many, many small decisions that Mm. lead to that one big dominant. So what is it for you? What are your thousand kisses? Yeah, so for me, I've I'm really been constructing it. I've figured out a perfect morning. As much as I don't want to admit it because it's like a commitment, I have to get up at 5.35 in the morning. It's pretty specific. Mm-hmm. Earlier than that, if it's 5.30, it feels too early. <laughs> if it's 5.45, I feel like I've slept in. And what I do is I'll experiment with, I'll do that for like five days in a row. And then I'll sleep in, I'll sleep until seven or whenever my kids wake up. And I guarantee every single time I do it, I feel like crap. Even though I'm sleeping more, I don't feel good. So I get up and I go to the gym, fasted, like not, I didn't eat anything at this time. And then I go to the gym and I come back and then I have a black coffee sitting on a chair, looking out into the world by myself together with God, just having coffee with God. And I do all this before my kids wake up. And by that time, my body feels like, I don't know how to describe it. You know, when somebody you really love hugs you and you just feel like the cells in your body feel stimulated, like all of them, like your whole body feels amazing. That's how I feel now when I'm sitting on that chair, having a coffee with God. So I figured out my morning. But the problem is now, depending on when I kind of start to eat in the morning, my my energy dips. So now I'm trying to figure out mornings and then kind of afternoons. I'm trying to really construct this day, when to go to bed, all this stuff and how many times to pray. I realized I don't pray enough and I don't meditate enough throughout the day. I only do it in the morning and the night, but in the day I'm like starved. So I'm working on it. And because that impacts like how I talk to my wife, I swear to you. This morning, like I made all the kids lunch. I got them all dressed. I was like a super dad. And then I sent them off. They all went to school together. And then I came and I just meditated. It was like perfect. I have so much clarity, so much energy because I found the morning routine that works for me at this point in my life. It took me a long time to figure that out and it took me even longer to just do it. That's the other thing, you guys. You'll realize sometimes something like I knew I should get up at that time, but then it took me a couple months to like admit it. Like, fine, because I kept on trying to do it another way, and it's just there's no other way. That's my way that I'm supposed Mm. to do. What time do you go to sleep? I'm working on that. My sleep is all is all over the place because I have a little kid who still sneaks into our bed and wakes me up in the middle of the night. So I've experimented with that. Go to bed at 10. You know what happened? I woke up at one and I was wide awake. I was like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Like a nap. Yeah. (laughs) Midnight nap. It's terrible. So then I I really have to go to bed like 11 or so, six and a half hours of sleep. So all this stuff, like this sounds very external, but it's Mm. putting yourself in a state to be like a lightning rod for God. And when the lightning strikes, you can do so much with that energy. And I'm just, I want to do this so that I'm in an optimal state for the people who need me, that my mind and energy and everything's available to them. 
So please think about this, guys. Think about the foods that you're eating. Think about the thoughts that you're having, the music you listen to. All this adds up to you being kind of radiant. That's a huge thing here at High Noon, to be a radiant individual, to form a radiant couple, to form a radiant family. None of that's possible if you're mentally stagnant or if you're spiritually stuck or if you're emotionally just rotting away or if your body's sick. You got to be really in optimal peak form. So we challenge you. And that's all thousands of decisions throughout the day. Thousands of kisses mm. from God. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add kisses from God. For me, my North Star recently has been pretty specific, I would say. I want to be someone that is comfortable being myself everywhere I go. Something that I never really identified that it's something I kind of struggled with. But I always felt like it was kind of a gift that I had. It's useful to be able to kind of mold to the scenario, situation or people. But it's also very limiting because I find myself when I'm with people that are a lot older than me, for example, or I'm with people with a different perspective on things, I kind of try to play with my cards close to my chest. And it's really limiting, I think, in terms of the conversations that are able to happen. And also, it's very uncomfortable. It's very exhausting. You know, after meeting somebody new, that's really different from me. Like, that was great. But man, I'm so tired. <laughs> after meeting my neighbor, right? It's just like the world perspective is so different. But I do want to be someone that is can learn how to adapt and how to have conversations with people of all over and and not have it exhaust me. I'm not saying I can't have a whole conversation, but I, it's tiring. And I just sure. don't feel comfortable. Yeah. But I want to be comfortable and I want to be able to do, be like that. And even Uncle David told me, right, we we're having like a conversation. And he said, Benji, you know, you've got a lot of great things going for you. I'm talking about David Wolfenberger. And he's like, but you're very uptight a lot of the time. And I was like, really? I don't think I'm uptight at all. Like by my perspective of myself is like, I'm pretty laid back and just kind of goofy. But his perception of me, which is really eye-opening, is that I'm really uptight because I am around Uncle David. I really am really tense, really like not myself, I feel. And I really don't like that, honestly. And it's like, I feel like some people don't get to know the true me or the God-given me. And so anyways, that's like my North Star. The little kisses of life that I'm giving myself is, I'm sure still trying to figure it out. But for me, I need to actually kind of the opposite of, yo, Andrew, I almost called you Uncle, Uncle Andrew, but <laughs> I need to, to sleep like eight hours a night, regardless of what time I go to bed. So I just kind of let myself sleep however much I need. I do try to wake myself up early. And every time I do that, I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe when I'm a little older, <laughs> like you, I'll figure that out. You know, but, I might uh, be old, but older people can still run that, and shoot old, and worry. hit you with cars. And you're, stuff. Not, yeah. you're not old. But at some point, I, I will want to kind of have like a, yeah, I'll try that 535 and go to the gym, come back and drink coffee with God. That sounds awesome. Right now, it's like I feel a lot more clear and intentional when I do sleep well. And I just kind of let my kids, like sometimes in the morning, they're kind of needy or they're fighting or I like can hear them kind of getting up and going about their day. And I kind of feel really guilty, like, oh, I should go help. But then I kind of sometimes I just let that go and be like, all right, I'm just going to sleep and let them figure it out. And when I do that, I just I feel a lot better. I feel a lot less stressed. And that works for me personally. So that's like a little thing. But yeah, I have a lot of North Star or a few North Stars. One of them is related to my wife is just having a really consistent, intimate life with her. You were talking about climax, like what is the apex? Literally, it's just having sex with my wife at night. And it's like, my, it's like my daily mission is to just kind of play my cards right and try to not just to have sex, but have a really intimate lovemaking experience with her. And what that looks like is really doing the small things, like you said, throughout the day, not criticizing, giving her a hug in the morning, even if she doesn't want it, uh, sleeping next to her, like we tend to sleep, we have this bed and sometimes we sleep like on opposite sides of the bed. 
And then I just started sleeping a few weeks ago. I just started sleeping, touching her, literally sleeping right next to her, like actually feeling each other all night. And that's actually really changed a lot. Our kind of mood in the morning and our vibe, it's like we feel a lot more connected with each other just by sleeping while touching each other. Anyways, things like that. Interesting. I don't know if I told you, but when we first got married, my wife wanted to sleep face to face. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I lasted like 13 seconds before I was like, this is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> you're way too close to me. No, but that sounds really cool. I like that. When you're with somebody for a long time, you, you realize that death by a thousand cuts or that love by a thousand kisses is so true based on how you feel about that person that you live with at the end of the day, mm. you know, because life takes you all over the place. And if you do play your cards right and you like invest in the right thoughts and right emotions, then you're more in love with that person at the end of the day than you were at the beginning of the day. And if not, you just like want to sleep in a different universe than them, right? Because you're like, you're just investing in killing this intimacy. Everybody, we hope this is helpful. It's clearly a metaphor, but it's a very useful one because it's basically you're either bringing life or death to the different areas of your day-to-day life based on the thousands of decisions that you make from moment to moment. So even if you make a bad decision, don't worry, it's not the end of the world. Just keep on training that dog to stop eating garbage and to go for the organic chicken necks as the metaphor Mm. goes. To stop choosing the garbage thoughts and garbage emotions and lazy spirit and to go for the good stuff, the stuff that you deserve. So good luck with that. That's our assignment for the week for you enjoy and if you have any questions and if you try this stuff out please let us know reach out to us we'd love to tell your story on this podcast we'd love to tell your testimony so please reach out to us go to our website thank you guys so much talk to you next time i hope you found that episode enjoyable and before we go i wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all, if you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.